0: Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, a genetic disorder that's the leading cause of sudden death in young adults. What do we know about it? How do we detect and how do we treat it? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and with us today is Dr. Marty Marin, who's assistant professor of medicine at Tufts Medical Center. He does a lot of other things there, too, with the cardiac MRI and the director of the Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Center. So welcome, Marty. Thank you very much. First of all, just take a minute to tell us about yourself and your practice, please.
1: I am a cardiologist at Tufts Medical Center. I'm the director of the hypertrophic cardiomyopathy center, which means that I see and evaluate patients referred for that particular genetic heart disease here at Tufts. In addition, I also complement that with non-invasive imaging, advanced imaging with both cardiac MRI and cardiac CT. And my interests lie also in the role of cardiac MRI in helping us to further characterize hypertrophic cardiomyopathy as well as other cardiomyopathies and what role that kind of advanced imaging may play in the evaluation and treatment of those patients.
0: Okay. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy was really something I'd never heard of. Didn't it used to be called IHSS?
1: Yeah, that's, that's correct. The old, old terms, and there are several, including IHSS, were terms really given to this particular disease through the 60s and 70s, I think what's happened is we have sort of put all those under one umbrella and now use the one term, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, or HCM, as the one term to describe
0: the the disease. Okay, well I never heard that term until one of my wife's cousins died from it and another was scheduled for surgery. So refresh those of us who don't remember a lot of this from medical school. Tell us about the condition and, and what it is.
1: It's the most common genetic cardiomyopathy and there are currently 11 known gene mutations responsible for coding the structural apparatus, the sarcomere, which is the muscular apparatus of the heart, and those gene mutations result in thickening. that The left ventricular wall becomes thick, left ventricular cavity size is normal, so it's an increased in wall thickening with a genetic cause, and this disease usually expresses itself Sometime during puberty. And you can have earlier expression, you can have later expression, but typically most patients, if they're going to express the disease, will occur sometime in the adolescent period. And the disease is associated in some patients with a number of different adverse disease complications, including sudden death. And it's actually the number one cause of sudden cardiac death and common cause of heart failure symptoms in patients of all ages. So, therefore, you know, it's an important disease, particularly in regard to the risk of sudden cardiac death.
0: Is this why athletes, young high school athletes, suddenly drop dead on the field? Or
1: Right. So it's the leading cause of sudden cardiac death in young athletes, so those less than 35 years of age. And this usually occurs because these athletes previously were asymptomatic and therefore had no suspicion that they had hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And we know that intense organized sports can act as a trigger to lower the threshold for abnormal arrhythmias, like ventricular arrhythmias, to occur, which can be the source of the uh, lethal arrhythmias and and the cause of sudden death in these patients.
0: How common is HCM?
1: Yeah, so it's the most common genetic cardiovascular disease with a prevalence of about one in 500 in the general
0: population. One in 500, that's pretty big.
1: It's a lot more common than people appreciate. And I think that, you know, certainly if you compare it to other diseases that are less common, multiple sclerosis, so forth, it's actually much more common than those diseases. And I think part of that is the visibility issues that the disease itself just hasn't gotten the kind of visibility in the general population that other less common diseases have. And so our perception, or the general population's perception is that it's uncommon, which is just not
0: true. So what should doctors look for in their children or their patients?
1: Obviously, the first thing is that if there's certainly a family history that is concerning, a family history of a hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, obviously, or any other family members who've had a premature sudden death particularly less than 40 years of age for unknown reasons that that should trigger some type of evaluation at least in most patients to see if there may be a history of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy in the family that le- that should then lead to an evaluation in that particular index patient and certainly in patients who have symptoms which commonly are things like chest pain, shortness of breath, exertional fatigue, Certainly, if your child is not able to keep up or is not keeping up as well with other children his, his or her age, these may be all clues to or should raise the suspicion of underlying cardiovascular disease, including hypertrophic cardiomyopathy.
0: All right. If you've just joined us, I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Marty Marin about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which I have discovered is a lot more common than I used to think. Would this show up in a, in a typical ordinary physical exam that an athlete would get from their pediatrician for high school?
1: It certainly can, the issue is that you have to have somebody who's in tune with a proper physical exam in regard to cardiovascular pathology, certainly most patients, although not all, may have murmurs that would raise the suspicion of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and so we certainly advocate a very detailed history and physical, particularly in those patients who are going to go forward and participate in organized competitive sports. That said, the routine history and physical does not necessarily detect all patients or raise the suspicion of underlying structural heart disease like HCM in all patients. And so it's a challenge and continues to be a challenge in identifying patients through that method with the disease, which is one reason why the advocating widespread screening of athletes is a major challenge, particularly in a country with so many athletes who are participating in sports. So these are some of the, you know, the challenges that we face with this disease and at least identifying patients with it who have no other means of raising the suspicion like family history.
0: Okay. So once you have a suspicion, what kind of testing is done to determine if you have this?
1: Yeah, certainly, if there's a suspicion being raised of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, then a routine 12-lead electrocardiogram would be certainly the next most reasonable test, and that's usually abnormal in about 90 to 95% of patients with this disease. And if it's abnormal going forward with more imaging, traditionally we use echocardiogram or cardiac ultrasound to evaluate whether or not. There's evidence of increased hypertrophy or increased wall thickness in those patients to lead to a diagnosis. And those are the first two things that certainly should be done in an evaluation of a patient whose suspicion has been raised by the history and the
0: physical. Okay, so let's say you're diagnosed with it. Can you exercise at all or play any sports or are you just going to become a couch potato?
1: Yeah, well, actually not a couch potato. I mean, we, we do exclude patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy from participating in organized competitive sports. And again, that is a recommend that's put in place to protect patients with this disease from sudden cardiac death. And that's largely due to the abundance of evidence suggesting that intense organized sports and the adrenaline rushes that that does create lower the threshold in an abnormal heart to have ventricular arrhythmias. That doesn't mean, though, that patients are confined to the corner and don't do anything. We continue to advocate that they participate in mild to moderate recreational aerobic activity on a daily basis, certainly to keep in shape. want them treating one disease for another. They're not completely restricted, but certainly we do recommend strongly that they
0: do not participate in in competitive sports. Okay, so dodgeballs out of the question, huh?
1: In In a recreational manner in which the intensity of the particular activity was not reach a certain threshold where it would be similar to organized competitive level would be permissible. And so it can often be a fine line. But what we usually say is, continuing to participate in activities such as running or bike riding. And then once you achieve a certain peak exercise level, you should still be able to carry on a conversation in a relaxed manner, even at that level, and to not exceed that. And that's usually acceptable.
0: Okay. So what's the treatment for patients? Surgery? Medicine? In select patients
1: that have a form of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy in which there's obstruction, to blood flow out of the heart, called obstructive form of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, those patients who continue to have heart failure symptoms despite medical treatment are candidates for surgical treatment. We always first start in all patients, whether they have obstruction or do not have obstruction, but who have symptoms of heart failure, we always start with medical therapy and that usually includes either beta blockade or calcium channel blocker therapy. And if medical therapy, is not effective in improving symptoms and quality of life, and those patients have obstruction to outflow, then they may become candidates for invasive septal reduction therapy options, such as surgery, where a portion of that thick muscle of the septum is removed and the obstruction therefore eliminated and symptoms improved.
0: Is that curative? Does the muscle ever grow back?
1: Muscle typically in adult patients almost never, ever grows back. And so in a sense, it provides... A cure, in quotes, to at least one major aspect to symptom production. certainly it doesn't cure the disease, the underlying disease still remains. But what you've done is you've certainly modified, substantially modified, an aspect of the disease that promotes symptoms. And so it can restore patients back to almost a normal quality of life for the rest of their life. So in that sense, it's a very effective treatment.
0: So if someone's diagnosed in a family? Should the entire family be tested?
1: All first-degree relatives, we recommend undergo an evaluation for hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, which can really take two forms. One is routine EKG and echocardiogram during particularly on an every one to two-year basis through puberty. And that usually means early 20s for both men and women. And at that point, if the echocardiogram is normal, we recommend spacing it out to every five to seven years for the next couple decades. And that's one strategy for family members. The other strategy is that we now live in a genetic era, and we have the ability to perform
0: genetic testing in this disease. Are there occupations that HCM patients should avoid?
1: Well, there, there can be. I mean, there can be certainly some select professions that really are not compatible or safe for patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. We usually address those on an individual basis. We've had several patients who firefighters and policemen and, and pilots, and some of those job requirements may not be safe for patients with HCM, but we really deal with that on an individual basis.
0: Okay. I understand that you have Lisa Salberg with you, who is the president of... There's an organization for this. Hi, Lisa.
2: Hi.
0: Lisa, tell us about the organization that you're the founder of.
2: The Hypertrophic Cardiomyopathy Association is a patient advocacy and a support organization, but we reach beyond families in support and advocacy, and we help educate the medical community as best we can regarding hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, and it's implications to a family and to evaluate how patients and physicians evaluate treatment options. And we have a very active website at 4, the number 4, hcm.org. It is for physicians and for patients. We primarily started with a patient focus, but we have found over the years that we have a great deal of physician visitors to the website and a tremendous amount of phone calls from the medical profession as well. And we have Educational tools that physicians can use in their office. We have posters. We have treatment algorithms. We have fact sheets that can help the physician explain the disease to families in a very specific and medically sound manner.
0: Lisa, I want to thank you and Marty for being our guest today and discussing hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. It's an important disease and it's more common than we used to think. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable. XM is here for you, the health professionals who care for your patients. We welcome your questions and comments. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. Our, our newly redecorated website with our on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library, including this very important show. Register on the website and enter promo code radio for six months of free podcasts. And we thank you for listening.